It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood. And, fellas, we are back for another week of Baltimore Sports Talk. It is March Madness season. The first four is going on as we record here on a Tuesday. Our, one of RDT's favorite teams, uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi, moves on for the right to face the number one overall seed, Alabama, who could face the Maryland Terrapins in the second round should the Terps get past West Virginia. I think we've been starting with Orioles. We've been starting with Ravens. I think we start with Terps. I think we start with March Madness. That's the biggest story of the sports week. We don't need to talk about all this other stuff. Let's let's talk about something happy. Terps, who a couple weeks ago, you know, maybe could have been six or seven seed. They slide into the eight nine game. Uh, they have the unfortunate distinction of having to play Alabama in the second round. But fun little matchup with West Virginia. RDT, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was it, it was interesting where you know we're watching the selection show on Sunday, and I think it was it 19, 2021, where like the Terps were the last team announced, or like you know one of the second to last team announced or whatever, and so we were all nervous then. But this one, they kind of got it out of the way, and they were like, yeah, here you go, you're an eight seed, and then it's like oh by the way, and you're West Virginia, which I immediately immediately in my head said, fuck Dax Miles. Like, I'll never forget that guy. And, and <laughs> the, the shit talking that he had that whole week and, and that, that game with West Virginia and all that, um, you know, that, that, that was a tough one. But, yeah, and then they get matched up against the overall number one seed, Alabama, um, which is – it's not great. It's not fun. But, um, you know, uh, Ric Flair, to, beat the, to be the best, you got to beat the best. So it's going to be a nice little challenge. But like you said – they got to beat West Virginia first. I don't know much about this West Virginia team. I know they're not great defensively. Um, it, to me, when I think of Bob Huggins, I just think of like a good defense that will just rough up your best player. I'm, well, they love I'm, pressing. I mean, I mean, it's press Virginia. They've yeah. done that for a while. They like to get up and down. I think the difference mm-hmm. for them sort of this year is, you know, they're scoring a lot. But in that conference, like all those teams do is score. Like Kansas mm-hmm. scores a lot. I mean, the best of the Big 12. It's just high score. It's like the opposite of the Big 10 in mm-hmm. terms of how they score. So it's an, it'll be interesting to see how Maryland responds to that. You would think Maryland, despite the fact that they like to press, needs to play a half-court defensive game where they really, you know, shut it down on that side of the floor. Really, like, you know, coming into the year, it was like, oh, they'll, like, get up and run up and down and press – and like the press has worked at times, but really what's worked in the half court is pressure defense. Like they've really pressed, you know, they've really, you know, dealt with guards. They haven't let balls get filtered inside. And so I think, you know, you got to kind of slow it down and hope that they can make enough shots. I mean, ultimately, you know, the Terps go through these long droughts where they, they can't make shots. And I know that sounds super simple to analyze basketball that way, but you know, if, 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 and the way Jameer Young goes, will be how it goes to a certain extent too. I mean, it's Indiana, they're in the game. Jameer didn't give him a vintage performance. They got overwhelmed. So I was I was gonna say they they got to get a big game from Jameer. They have to. Arch is all about you know a point guard who can take over and and score, and they're they're gonna need it. I mean, you know that, that I mean that's how they beat West Virginia. It's a good game from Jameer Young. I'm I'm I I think obviously they can beat West Virginia. Um, I think they will beat them. I'm happy with one one and and bound against Alabama. I mean, you know, again, it's. You're not really gonna go in being like, well, you gotta beat Alabama. It's it's it's, it's I think it's too much, but again, you gotta worry about West Virginia first. So it'll be fun though. First game of the tournament, that that opening game on Thursday. You know, everyone's gonna be taking either off the lunch break all at the same time. Um, and it's fun. At least we're not waiting until you know 
1030 and they're playing in Spokane or something like that on Friday. So it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. And, you know, again, it's, this is all basically found money. I think, I don't think any of us at the beginning of the year really thought this was a tournament team. We thought more the, the season came along, but again, I mean, season not over, but all the, all the credit world to Willard and the team and the coaching staff and all that, because again, this was a team that didn't have high expectations. And, and here we are the first week of, you know, or we're in the March madness and they're the first game. So, it, you know, it should be fun. It should be exciting. And, uh, Obviously, we're all hoping for a uh, Terps win on Thursday. Yeah, they they have the CBS opener, so they're it's the game that has like the first twenty five minutes of the tournament. You're just in front of the entire country, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. They have Nance, Graf, um, so that's the, the two one seeds are down in Birmingham and Houston and Alabama. So they got a a heavy level crew, and it will be one of those situations where like if they play well the first twenty minutes of the game. It'll be like this is so great, like man on the limelight. And then if it goes poorly, you're like, oh god, you just want to like hide as a fan. Let's get to this um, next because, game. That's just yeah. Start you're the, the first. Game, you're but... the first game everyone's bet on too. You're like all of the different things. Like everyone's emotions are running high about March Madness. Hearing the music for the first time, you don't want to lay an egg in spot. But a cool, like I agree with you. It stinks to be like a Friday late game or a Thursday late game. We're like sitting around. Like it's nice to just like it'll be like get up Thursday, like March Madness time, and it's like the Terps are playing. Like they're just like right off the gate. Um, let's um, jump into what? Do, what do you guys? Have you guys bracket guys? Are you guys Ravels? Do you fill out brackets? I'm a bracket. Banks, guy. You, are, is Banks going to talk during the show at all? I was going to see how long I could go before you would force you. No, <laughs> you are getting past. I was going to. I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> I, I'm just yeah. Um. Let's see. Should we backtrack a little bit and chime in where I, where I have thoughts? I don't know that we have to have Jameer Young play a great game. I think we just need to avoid the egg from either Dante or Jameer. It feels like every time we lose or we play one of those dud games, it's because one of those two plays the egg. I think if the two of them play their game and we're able to make a handful of threes, we don't have to shoot lights out. We just have to can't like we can't be doing the two for thirteen at halftime from three. We just can't be doing that. I think other than that, we play defensively. The defense plays from game to game. That tends to be consistent. I think that Maryland's going to be able to play and compete and win if they just, you know, easier said than done, don't stink. Just the, let your guys be guys. The mark I saw somewhere was like, if you hold WVU under 75, you know, they, they've they lost. They've won like two games where they've scored under 75. So Seems very even if, like, like you said, even if you can get – it really kind of comes down to what they do in the defensive end of the floor. If you can, like you said, Banks, if you could just get one good offensive game and you do what you need to do defensively, you can figure out a way to beat them like 68, 65. doesn't seem like they like to win that kind of game, West Virginia. So you got to make it that kind of game. You got to make it a big 10 game. You got to make it a big gotta 10 rock fight. Yeah. Same the, thing with football, term- big 10, big 12. It's the same old shit. It's yeah, crazy. It's how a rock fight. It is funny. It's a rock fight. Bracket wise, huge bracket guy for most of my life. The last few years, there was just one given year where I felt like every social group or every like workplace I was in um, got to that point where people drifted apart enough where they just stopped doing the bracket. Like all of my groups just stopped dead in a given year. And like at the same time, the gambling kind of was picking up in a big way. So I still do a bracket. I'm still into it. I just don't have that like bracket group like that that pool that I'm into or I'm, I'm, you know, 
I mean, I, I, like anyone my age, I think I would love to print it out and get the highlighter going and write the big W's over the bracket itself on each win and keep the record on every given day and see how we're doing. Now we've got like apps and all kinds of stuff that it takes the joy of it a little bit out of it. Like I used to love like calculating what the possible remaining points are and you could only speculate. Yeah, it's not it's not right. part of the picture. So the the I, thing I always the thing I always did with the bracket was the USA Today would have their like giant bracket, and this mm-hmm. is always when you were on like spring break, and like the only paper you get was a USA Today, and I always always find USA Today like whether we were like in the Florida Keys or like Williamsburg or something, and fill out my bracket on the giant USA Today bracket. Only final four I've ever gotten totally correct was two thousand four on a USA Today bracket. Um, <laughs> Which I believe was Duke, UConn, Oklahoma State, and Georgia Tech. So I I won the uh, Carroll Hall pool at uh, University of Maryland my freshman year by picking Duke. I just said uh, mathematically nobody else is going to do this. I'm just going to take Duke to win it all, and those assholes did it. So <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm with you. I I'm, I used to be a big like print out my brackets, bring the Manila folder wherever you know, because I'd be the guy with. I'd be in nine different bracket pools and I'd be just like, Oh, I'm uh, you know, I got this guy and this one and this one and this one and this one and this one. And like you said, bring the highlighter, you get some ink underneath your fingernails. It just feels good. It out. Um, I, I still have those bracket pools with, you know, friends. And it's funny cause you know, we, we, we restart the Facebook group every year. And you know, I, I always say like, I might as well just rip up $200 every March because like I should just donate it to a charity because I think I've only won. Uh, it was the 2012 year, I believe. But um, the apps, I mean, they, they make it different. You know, where now I'm just rolling through and clicking and just all that. But um, I, I'm, I am now with gambling being, you know, legal now. Like, I'm more leaning on that than doing 18 different brackets. I'll probably do two or three. I'll join some pools with, again, high school friends, stuff like that. But I'm not as dead set on it as I was, again, 10 years ago when we bring our brackets to the bar and sit there and highlight everything and, and, you know, but there is nothing like that. I said the one where Looney's Maple on open, I think it was 2009 or 10. Um, I think, I think it fell on March Madness fell on St. Patrick's day. So it was brand new Irish bar, March Madness. You know, I was like, I've been 21 for like three months took, you know, left, I, I had ended college classes at like 9am that morning or whatever. And just, went straight to the bar and it was just like an all day bonanza. It was unbelievable. It's, it's like, those are the days in college that you like just drool over and just dream about. So nothing better than being a bracket guy at the bar. I don't, you don't, you don't see that anymore. Everyone's on their phone. Yeah. Can we, yeah. Should we give a technology is killing technology is killing society. Take care. I think it's very, very apt. Yeah, it is. I mean, what I said, it gives you all the points remaining. Time. The possible yeah. points remaining is just all yeah. over the and, app, and, and you and just can't avoid. Does it. anyone even know how to write the the initials? You know, VCU anymore in an upset? <laughs> yeah, from, yeah, in the first round. You know, how do you write Washington, UW or Wash? You know, yeah. like it's the, you know. There were some fun ones like that. Yeah. Do you write mascot names or do you write the college abbreviations? Oh. How do you do it? Oh, who writes mascot names? Well, I mean, if you're, you know, you could write Terps if you're like a Maryland fan. Maybe you write Terps on it. No, I don't know. I'm, I'm right, I don't do I'm that. Right I'm just Maryland. throwing things out there. Just throwing things out there. No. Just throwing things did, out there. Did you guys in high school ever have like 
the girl who who won by picking all the colors or something like yes. that. Yes, in a, in a sixth grade math class, picked squarely based on the colors and whipped us. Um, my sophomore year, I think Melissa Pippick won from Reservoir Reservoir Pool that was run by World Series of Poker champion Greg Merson. Not a big deal, our buddy. Wow. We used to grade all the brackets in his basement. Um, we were the Gators. Reservoir is the Gators. She picked Res or she picked Florida that year. And of course they, because she's like, oh, the the Gators, they, you know, our mascot, they ended up winning. I think that was the second of their championship or, th or first. I can't remember which one, but yeah. And we were just like, go figure. It's it's the girl winning because picking the mascot. Yeah, I mean that that yeah, Florida. What a run there for the, the back to back titles. Yeah, one of the all time teams. Um, we are going to draft. Speaking of mascots, we're going to draft the best mascots from this year's NCAA tournament in our starting five draft coming up here soon. But um, it's tough to to wait any longer. We have to for the forty fifth consecutive week jump into the Lamar Jackson situation, uh, which has taken actually I would say the most interesting turn. It's things that this has come. You know, after we've gotten annoyed with talking about this for all, because this is the most interesting thing that's happened in a while in regards to this situation. It's just depressing because it's been depressing for a while. Um, I'll try to do the summary here. I think if you're a Ravens fan, you've got this. But just in case you're living under a rock, Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen on Adam Schefter's podcast. Schefter goes through some contract numbers the other day. Bah, 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 bah. That obviously gets aggregated and put out for a new cycle or two. Um, and then the Ravens starting quarterback or, or would be starting quarterback. Should he be back? Um, tweets, uh, a quote tweets, a Baltimore beatdown article, um, that had the Schefter transcription with <laughs> not even really sure how I would describe this gif. It's just like a guy looking confused, I guess, maybe with a cap on, maybe, maybe saying it's cap, I, I, you know, whatever, however you want to <laughs> for that, essentially just like making fun of it. Then he replies to his own tweet and says 133 slash three years fully guaranteed with an emoji, but I need an agent with a laughing emoji and a hand against the face emoji as I do that for our YouTube viewers. Um, and then he <laughs> tweets, people throw a poop emoji at the wall and hope it sticks. Um, laughing emoji and a blowing out air emoji. I don't know. I haven't, don't use that one all that often. Um, this is pretty interesting for a variety of reasons that we can get into. One is that, um, and uh, I believe Jonah Schaefer and a few other people put this Eric DaCosta clip out from a couple weeks ago that was saying the negotiate the Ravens weren't going to make negotiations public, neither were Lamar. This sort of as and you blogged about it, Banks, and 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 went through it on on Barstool Sports that you know this is either Lamar kind of confirming that those those numbers were true and being like, I've got this money out there. This isn't what I want, but like, look what I'm getting and I don't need an agent. I don't know. Maybe that's how you for it. Or he's, you know, deflecting and being like, these aren't the right numbers and I'm pissed because this is out publicly and it wasn't supposed to be out publicly. Maybe there's some other ways you can look at it, but those seem to be the two potential ways of thinking in this. Um, and I'll allow you guys to expand further. Um, this obviously is not good. You would think you would, their just contention continues to rise and Lamar Jackson going on tweet strings publicly is I think not good for the state of these negotiations. And if it's Lamar outing the numbers on the other side, now the Ravens are in a spot where they have had their trust broken. So either information has gotten out with neither team really doing that. And 
whatever, whatever. But trust is now clearly probably broken between the two sides. And I, I just don't really see where this goes from here. Yeah. Banks. It's a mess. It's a mess. It has been a mess. It continues to be a mess. It's a headache. It's the bane of my existence right now. I think everybody's so exhausted from it. Um, so it's like you said, I, it's, it's a matter of trust. Um, I'm not exactly sure what Lamar was saying in terms of the 133 guaranteed million. And then the, the phrase about an agent. So was he trying to compliment himself for having gotten that much of an offer or was he saying like what what was his what's he going that would for be like, I don't that, know. yeah that would I was gonna say I feel like the easiest way to interpret that would be what you just said like look what I can get. I, I don't need someone negotiating on my behalf I've got this contract out there but I turned it down so what I the guess. hell is that about? Like, if I guess if unless you're unless not about it, then why aren't you taking a un, deal? Well, um, or he's or I mean, we are way in the we're gonna get way in the weeds here. Or he's saying that's not what he got offered. That's not what he got he got offered, and he's I don't I don't know. I it's 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 unclear. I, I don't know what this, this. I mean, as you said, this is a this is a total mess at this point. Um, a total mess at this point in every single way. Well, it should be considered that if Lamar's on the market restricted, you know, as a, you know, a franchise tag player that he is, if he's talked to other teams, there's probably been discussions about what he has been offered from the Ravens. And at that point, that information is in somebody else's hands. And that's when that gets back around to Adam Schefter and, and Mortensen and such. Those guys reported that eight months ago though. So this is like, just regurgitating an old spat because that information was mostly already out there. So I'm curious as to why Adam Schefter was emboldened to kind of rehash the the numbers and give a little more information regarding that. If he got new information, if he got more updated information, or if he's just more willing to dish more on the information because maybe he's had it confirmed through other teams or, or something like that. I don't know. It's weird. And who who the hell knows what the truth is in terms of what the, the numbers are. Like you wouldn't think that Schefter would go report this with such, I don't know, gusto on multiple occasions if he didn't feel strongly on it. But um, either yeah. way, you would think that Lamar has to be under the impression that the Ravens are leaking information or just outright sabotaging things. And it's just, it's just not good. It's not good. So the, it's no, it's, there's the, we're no closer. We're no closer to a conclusion. So the, the, the clarification, too, is Ian Rappaport reported – where is this? Where am I looking? Um, that Jackson preferred, preferred the franchise route, I guess, over whatever the Ravens ended up offering. And every time you see Rappaport talk, and I don't know this, this is like the common theme. I, I can't say I've seen every clip of every single person talking about Lamar Jackson. But it feels like this is the theme among at least media, and maybe this means the Ravens are winning a little bit of a PR battle, is that everyone is just like, they're trying. Like, they're giving him this, and they're giving him that, and this is happening, and he's just not biting on anything. Um, and I don't know what the truth of that. It could be totally just a spin, and the Ravens are just not matching the number. And Lamar's like, you're not matching my number, so 
what can I do? That could mean that there's just miscommunication between the sides and Lamar is saying things and the Ravens are trying to get to a deal and then it changes. Um, or the Ravens are saying they're going to do stuff and then they're giving Lamar things that he's not happy with. It's just, it's hard to know, you know, if he's confirmed that it's, you know, three years, 133 that he turned down, maybe that's probably not the length of deal he was looking for. And the Ravens tried to get him to bite on fully guaranteed money, but not the length of deal to take away the years in the back end, or they gave him three years. I think there's a Mike Gaffarlo report from, from NFL network that, that three years, 133 was a part of a bigger five-year deal and potentially the first two years are not the guaranteed years and it's the backloaded guarantees. Um, yeah, based on this under, based on its understanding, the 133 million fully guaranteed was part of a more extensive five-year offer, meaning there were other non-guaranteed years on top. Now the question would be like, where are those, I guess you would think the first three years are the fully guaranteed years, but maybe he, I mean, he wants the full guarantee. I don't know. As Banks said, I, you know, this was an interesting look um, around the curtain, but it doesn't really change the state. It just makes the state of negotiations worse, you would think. Um, but nobody from the Ravens has said anything publicly. I'm not shocked that they would. I don't think that they will. Um, Eric DeCasa said he wasn't going to say anything and confirm numbers and talk about the negotiations, and he's probably going to continue to do that. Um, and as you said, Banks, not only could it be Lamar going, you know, whoever is dealing with him sniffing around, but if the Ravens are sniffing around for a trade or for whatever and trying to, you know, tell teams like, here's what we're hearing that he wants, like that's also how some of that could potentially get out. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, and if you're another team, you don't really want to talk with Lamar in this situation, do a bunch of negotiation, get down the road. If you have the belief that the Ravens are just going to match you because then you've just wasted your time negotiating a contract that, you know, and you and the thing is the league is moving. Like that's the other thing. You know, teams have to do things. Like teams can't wait around, offer Lamar Jackson a contract, and then the Ravens, you know, figure it out and then they match. And then you've you're, you know, other people have been signed and you're not, you know, dealing with the rest of your roster. It's a fascinating situation, but it's infuriating. Yeah, and they can't see go ahead. Go on, Brian. No. I was just going to say, it seems, obviously, I'm on the outside looking in. I, I could not imagine having to live through this and just, because before it seemed complicated, now it seems like it's getting messy. And now I think Jake had some good tweets about it earlier, where it's like, you know, this is now going to be bad on both sides. Like, I'm sure people from the team are pissed off, whether it's PR, front office people, and I'm sure Lamar is pissed off. Um, again, I mean, we haven't really gotten into it, but Banks, you, you know, your article last week on Barstool was really good, where the second they put the tag on him, and we haven't even said the word of the week, which is collusion, you know? The second they put the tag on him last week, it was every team who you thought would be interested in him being like, nope, 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 don't want him, don't need him, we're going to go after this guy, nope, we're not, we're going to pass on him. So again, it's like, is Lamar pissed off that he's not getting attention from the other teams that he thought he was going to get? So he's, you know, so, so he's now he's kind of acting out and leaking, leaking this or that. I don't know. It's, it's wild again from the outside looking in. Um, it seems, like I said, super frustrating. And I think it is for all parties, fans, the team, Lamar. Um, uh, it just seems like just a nightmare situation to deal with. And now, I mean, I'm on the, I'm, I now think he comes back just because I think his options are, unless someone is, is playing, you know, 
playing their cards very, very close to the vest, which could happen. You know, I know the Colts cut Matt Ryan today. They, 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 they moved a lot of money around and stuff like that. So I don't know. If that's a place, but this whole situation is just like I can't wait. I almost want to mute Lamar on my timeline. I want to get I want to get Lamar and Aaron Rodgers news just out of my face completely. And also, which is more frustrating, the, the, the Packer fans or Raven fans, just with their quarterback situation? Neither of them are good right now. It's well, at least, in, at least in theory, the Packers have a quarterback in waiting. You know, they've got this guy they've had on the back burner for a while. Um, with the Ravens, Lamar is 26 years old, like he is the next decade or so if they want to get in bed together for, for a longer period of time. Whereas, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, like it's much easier to expend Rogers in green Bay shoes. So you're right. Like things are moving across the league. You're watching, you know, Sam Darnold go to San Francisco and Taylor Heineke go to Atlanta and like all these things happen and teams are filling up their spots and you know, it's, we're just going to be here in July or August, probably staring at each other. It's like, there's no end in sight. That's what's frustrating to me. It's not even that, so much that things are getting messy. It's just that there's, they're not getting any closer to any sort of conclusion. That's the part that I think I'm at the point where it's just frustrating the hell out of me. The other frustrating part is like (laughs) before we were getting these like bits and pieces of reporting, but both, both actual sides weren't saying much. Like you had the Ravens press conference at the end of the year that was very like we want Lamar. Lamar was saying nothing. So really all we were doing was almost talking ourselves into a frenzy to a certain extent just based on the fact that nothing had happened and then it was concerning nothing had happened. Then you had the franchise tag. But even at the franchise tag, like theoretically, maybe things are progressing and they still do sign him. Now you have Lamar Jackson clearly showing frustration on social media. Like he has now broken he has now broken the silence of the two sides with talk about st- with negotiations. And that really confirms the fact that you're like, okay, they're not close. Or – you know, you know, he probably wouldn't have come out and said that unless he, you know, wants to come out and say that because, you know, it's a negotiating ploy or whatever. It's, you know, we're just doing fully speculation, but it felt disconcerting to have a public facing response to a report from one of the parties involved. That just seems like a like, screw it. I'm just saying something because this is going nowhere. Otherwise, this- like, why would you say anything? And this is also, again, it's like you you got to think if he has an agent, he has someone who's like, hey, don't say anything or don't tweet this. Don't do this. Don't show, you know. And it's again, it seems like just he's kind of just firing off without any advice. I know he's getting advice from the Players Association, but it's like you got to think if he had an agent, things would be more under kept under wraps or something like that. They, he would have a voice in the back of his head or, you know, on his shoulder being like, Hey man, don't maybe don't do this. You know, I know you're frustrated, but don't do this. Cause you're going to a screw this up or you're going to do this. Or this. So I don't know. Again, I mean, it's everybody wants it done. Everybody, everybody just kind of wants to put an end to this. And, and I, I now, again, I still think he comes back, but just cause the limited options, but God, who, I mean, who knows? This is just, this is really turned into like a nightmare situation that, that, 
I don't think anybody saw coming a year ago, a year and a half ago, two years ago. We shall see where it goes from here. Um, and you said it already to finish, when, when to finish the discussion. I mean, you're right. Tweets. You're right. We didn't talk about the collusion piece of it. And what's funny about the collusion piece of it is like so much has kind of gone on since then. That's now going to get thrown to the back burner with this. Like you almost have to do a podcast about this like every couple of days because now like new little things come out that kind of change the trajectory of the story. But, you know, without knowing anything like these teams all operate and it just takes one team to change something. But I think it's super. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but super plausible like teams don't want these deshaun watson contracts becoming common like that totally changes the business of the nfl so you know that the ravens giving him the deshaun watson contract or anybody giving them the deshaun watson contract i just don't think is happening it's just a question of who gives him the most guaranteed um that's not that but i don't think that contract's happening so it's like you know, that is quote unquote collusion, but that's also just not a team friendly. Con- that's not a friendly contract for anybody. Deshaun Watson just should have not gotten that contract. Like, why would you give, like, if I'm looking at Lamar and I love Lamar and Lamar is an amazing player, deserves all the money in the world. I mean, he is box office. He is a winner. He is everything, but like the way he plays and everything, like giving him five years all guaranteed, you know, that I, I just don't know if you're finding a team that's going to do that. Just not even based on like, Hey, we don't want to change the league structure. Like I said, but also, this guy's had trouble staying on the field for two years. We're going to give him this much guaranteed money to have him sit around. You know, we shall see. I don't know, but we're, we're making moves in order to just circumnavigate, not circumnavigate, but like work around this entire situation. We're talking about all these other teams making moves. We're making moves or not making moves because of the same thing. We it's always been in Lamar's best interest and the team's best interest for there to be something done so that we know what's in front of us so we can maneuver and make this football team better. A Lamar Jackson, great football team, is best for Lamar Jackson. It's better than any contract he could get. If he goes out and has a, a great team around him and goes and wins the Super Bowl, the contract and everything that comes with it, like the benefits are two, threefold over whatever this contract squabble that he's trying to, to get a certain number. It's just – it's exhausting. It's just so exhausting. We cut Clive Campbell yesterday. He's coming back to play football next year. Like he decided that a month ago. We knew this was on the horizon in terms of, well, if he comes back, he might be a cap casualty. We might have to rework his number or whatever. You would think they had conversations about reworking a number and couldn't come to it. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he doesn't after we, you know, see what's else, what else is out there. But this is already hurting the team right now it's it's detrimental and if Lamar is going to be here he's got to deal with that you know so I, I just it's just exhausting it's exhausting it's exhausting I think that's a good, good way to finish it gotta be an interesting place to be right now there's no doubt I mean and even you think about it like Lamar, you know, this is, and this happens, you know, I think RDT, you might've said it at some point, like, you know, this is happening, maybe not to this extent, but like this is happening other places, like have with Dak a little bit, have with Kyler Murray a little bit in terms of like have some haggling and will they sign him? And I think the, one of the, you know, unsaid things, it doesn't necessarily matter because if you get him signed, it no longer matters. But like this guy's the face of the franchise, 
Like, so in terms of not only making moves from a personnel standpoint, but like, you know, you build things around this guy from a variety of ways. And I'm sure it's got to bring stress to like everyone that works in the organization. Like, is this guy going to be the guy we put on billboards? Is he the guy that we're, you know, going to put in this and in this, and is he going to be there for this and blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know, it's a big piece of the puzzle that you're just not sure is going to fit. And you're also not sure like what it's got to be stressful from like an on field for fans, but also for, um, you know, in the building, like how are we going to be next year? Like if we get rid of this guy, it's <laughs> very different year than if he's there, which goes without saying. Um, I don't know if it's worth talking about the Orioles. RDT, do you want to wax poetic about the World Baseball Classic, which you seem to be the biggest fan of? I'm, I'm watching my boys, my uh, my Shalom boy on Team Israel getting dominated right now. It's so bad that Nelson Cruz, who basically is the GM of the Dominican Republic team, has put himself in right field. That's how bad it is. Well, it's only 7 nothing, But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's been a fun World Baseball Classic. Again, watching these teams. The Orioles guys are representing. Santander is going to win the MVP of, of the pool. He's playing awesome. Um, the crowd's been great. Team USA had a slip up against Mexico. Um, but all the games have been fun. I mean, we got a perfect game last night, and my miserable boys could not get anything going. They got perfect game, uh, an eighth-inning walk-off mercy hit. You don't see those except for, like, Little League or high school or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the baseball World Baseball Classic's been great. I'm sure I was a big fan of it until Mike Trout hit a home run last night and finally did something. Um, him striking out on 90 right down the dick in the first game was just laugh out loud funny. It's just like, this is this is perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, Colton Cowser still hitting down the Orioles uh, spring training. Jackson Holiday got reassigned today. It's, it's kind of amazing that a 19-year-old was, you know, up that long with them. Uh, Adley hit an opposite field grand slam, I think, on Sunday, so... Felix Batista was back today throwing, which is great news. Um, Nick Vest was throwing, too, I think, yesterday. So some of the guys that we were told were hurt and may not make opening day or kind of now on track, too. So, um, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of baseball going on right now. And, again, we're – I think this Thursday will be three weeks until opening day. So very fun stretch of sports going on. Ball. Um, again, it's starting to get a lot more serious and – the big thing with the Orioles is we're knocking on wood, but there's been no injuries in spring training, and that's kind of just holding my breath and, and you know, waiting out every day um, for no injuries. So, yeah, between spring training ball and World Baseball Classic, I'm, I'm getting my fill in right now. So, again, just just want everyone to stay healthy, and, and we'll, we'll, you know, we just got to make it three weeks. I, I guess, you know, you know, we talk World Baseball Classic. I guess I have to, you know, I've been – you know, I don't know who runs our X52 account, but I, you know, they, there continues to be tweets about me and involving Mike Trout. So, which is fair. You know, I've I've been very public about my Mike Trout opinions. Um, look, I mean, it remains to be seen. You know, you 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 rough up, you know, whatever 13 year old Canada had on the mound last night. Like that's great. I, I'm 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 happy with that. So did everybody on the team. Um, you know, by the way, much love to the Canadian baseball. You got some really good players. Um, they weren't on the mound last night. And that happens. Um. U.S. looked lethargic in a loss to Mexico. I mean, you know, have a little bit of pride in, in you know, beating both border countries. You know, that's what we're out here trying to do. You're trying to, you know, dominate North America. You lose to, you know, a Mexico team that's super talented, good baseball country. Um, I would like to see Mike Trout show up when it's when we're in when we're in knockout stage time. Uh, the strikeout against Great Britain to open the game to Vance Worley, who 
I, I you know, <laughs> that was something. <laughs> I, this whole team has to step up, though. I mean, it's not just I. You know, it's this narrative to come about Trout because of you know of the way we've talked here, but you know. If this is like a tournament, we should be in the semifinals or bust. I, you don't necessarily have to win the thing. I don't think this is like, a, you know, we're clearly more talented, but maybe not clearly more talented, but you have depth and are good. But it's baseball, so, like, you never know what can happen in these single-game situations. Um, you know, one guy throws a great game, and that's that. It is what it is. I would like to I'd love to see Mike Trout step up when we get into the knockouts. Would love to see it. Would love to see it. So that, that's what I'll say about that. Look, I mean, were me and Banks cackling about Mike Trout at the bar on Saturday night? I, I can't confirm or deny that. Um, I, I can confirm it because the video that, got sent to me. That's for that. Well, that's for private consumption, RDT. We sent that video to you in confidence. I don't know if that needs to be discussed publicly. Um, I didn't put it out there. But um, but yeah, I, I mean, that's sort of that's sort of where I stand here. I do like the World Baseball Classic. I will say the U.S. starting first pitch at like ten o'clock last night. I mean, what what is that? Awesome. I mean, what are we doing tomorrow too? terrible uh, why but why what i can't what i can't figure is why i know they have to have a bunch of games and they just want the u.s to be the last game but why 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 does the u.s have to be the last game i don't know i guess i could look this up more i'm kind of talking out it's of in, my butt here but it's in the mountain 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 time zone it's not west coast right arizona's not west coast time zone it depends on they may or may not observe daylight savings in arizona i don't think they did i can't remember the, the other thing for me is I, like, I i'm fine I understand if you got to start it late, but like 10 is just tough. Like, give me nine. Like, I would take nine. I, I'll stay up and watch nine. Mm -hmm. But like, if it's a 10, that's the game is is ending at one in the morning. I, I yeah, I'm not making it to one, like mm -hmm. on a work night. I said I would rather these games be at five or six a.m. like the Japan games, because I can actually be up to watch those. You know, like I'm getting up at that time anyways. So put it on, you know, I'm watching. Otani hit balls off the back of the Kyo Dome or whatever at 6 a.m. I'm fine with that, but not, not midnight, not 1 a.m. out in Arizona. So go U.S. though. So when, when tonight, I guess, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday, Wednesday night. Anthony Santon there, the Venezuelan stuff's fun. He's going to win MVP. Cedric Mullins uh, triple the other night. So. Dean Kramer was shoving for Team Israel. He got the opening day good start. Good to see. Good to see Adam Lowe and um, do, you know, showing his face for the World Baseball Classic once again. Former prospect, top prospect, one of them. Gotta love it. Always the, everywhere. An Oriole, an Oriole great. An Oriole great. Um, let's get to our. Oh God, Banks looked like you wanted to chime in there. I mean, you guys are just labeling all the reasons why the World Baseball Classic is a total farce of an event. It's a joke. Oh. It's just. You got all these players playing for teams they have no business playing for. You've got all these retreads that have been out of baseball for three, four, five years. We eat nothing but donuts for the last handful of years. Like they're playing before the players are even in kind of a playing shape where, and you've got this variety of different like energy between countries where clearly like USA expects that they should be good. So they're just, the fans are hardly going to tune in because they're just like, ah, USA, whatever. And all the other teams have all these borrowed players from our country. Whereas over in Japan, they don't get much face time very often. So they're very into it and their crowds are going crazy, which I'll admit is very cool. It's a cool scene, but it's just like inequitable across 
like what this tournament means to all these different countries. And I respect the effort for this having been created. Can't believe it's been 17 years um, to try to create something that means something to the world and crowns a baseball champion country. But this just, this just doesn't do it. So it's just, and it's, it's so poorly constructed, just like you guys are saying, like, who knows? Like, I don't know that anybody really knows all that well what the layout of the tournament is. If there's pool play of five teams that they're playing each other and they're all playing at 10 PM in these random times, there's no flow to it. It's just, it's, it's just not good. It's just not a good event. And I, if I had a solution, I would, I guess I would offer one, but I don't know. It's every three years. Like, what is that? Nobody does everything every three years. That's, that's nonsense. So what? Yeah. The biggest issue, the biggest issue for it. I, I like it. I think it's cool. I think that it makes some of these guys a little more interesting from a publicity standpoint in a sport that struggles to do that. Like, I think that, um, a guy like Anthony Santander is becoming more interesting right now for a casual baseball fan because they are seeing these clips of him playing for Venezuela and fans are going crazy and the crowds are amazing and he's playing very well. I think that stuff is very good for baseball. So I would, I don't think you, I honestly don't think you could, and the crowd, those, those places are, are packed. So it's not as if mm-hmm. they're playing. I mean, I, some of these games I'm sure, but like a lot of these games are being played in front of very big crowds. So it's good. That's good for baseball. I think if you could find a way to do an under 23 tournament in the way that hockey does the world junior championships, that's a massive event in hockey. People tune in all over Canada and all over the world to watch that event. And it's like your first real showing of the next big things in the sport. If baseball could find a way to get people riled up and excited about that, maybe it's under 18, maybe it's under 20. I don't know what the right number is, but if they can kind of build off of that model, and try to make something happen with that, that would really highlight that element that you're describing, Taylor, where it's like, oh, this player, I'm getting to know him better. Like that's That would be such a great stage for, for young, especially the international players, to kind of arrive on the scene and, and make some noise and become, you know, start their trajectory towards being household names. So well, I guess that, if there's that, a solution, that's like an alternative, that would be my suggestion. I think that's where it gets tough too, because again, I mean, singing as a pitching, a lot of these teams don't really want their players participating in this. You know, I mean, so it's like if you got a young guy, or the Orioles going to let Adley leave camp and he's not going to work with his new pitchers to, you know, play in this under twenty five, or you know, I think he may be twenty five, um, but you know, are they going to let Jackson Holiday go and play or or Grayson instead of you know being in camp? But I know like. Scherzer had a point where he was like, we should take like a two week break in the middle of, of the season and play this because he said, I would want to, I want to play, but he said, I physically, I can't right now. Like if I, if it was in the middle of the season, I could, but right now my body and my arm and my shoulder are not up to, you know, I couldn't do it. So I, I think they could tweak some stuff. I like, like you banks, I don't know exactly what they can tweak, but I think there definitely are some things that could make it better as I watch Dominican Republic walk off. Uh, in in a merciful team Israel, but uh, again, I I, I, <laughs> I, I enjoy it. I think it's fun because again, I can watch Venezuela and Colombia at noon on a on a Tuesday like I did today, or you know, 
Great Britain and Canada or something like that. So, you know, again, the games have been fun. It's it's a competitive atmosphere. It's not like a spring training game. Where these guys are just kind of dicking around. So I, I enjoy it again. It's, it's legitimate baseball. It's it's guys we've heard of. So I, like it's fun watching Robbie Cano play first base while Nelson Cruz is in right field now. The um the idea is good. Like the it's just baseball unfortunately doesn't have the perfect it's really the same and i think this is going to continue better it's like basketball hasn't figured out like its world championships yet as a thing and soccer is just the one sport and that has figured and maybe just because it's doesn't have the most parity but has the most countries that are just this passionate about it but like those sports can't go away from it because of how, what they see from the world cup. And they're like, if you can do this, you can build this, you know, money-making machine. Baseball's probably, and Scherzer's probably right. Like the, probably the best thing you do is to take a month off in the middle of the year and do it. Um, because you, the problem is you can't play this tournament in the winter. I mean, I guess you could, I guess you theoretically could like FIFA plays the world cup. You come off the, the world series and you just play this in a bunch of Southern climates. You could theoretically do that or you play in domes um they're doing yeah but the problem is like what pitchers are you getting i mean that that's the issue like what pitchers are you getting coming off of you know scherzer throws however many innings he throws he's not then walking into the world baseball classic in december that's when he's shutting it down so Mm there's just like so instead you do it during the ramp up it yeah it's it's not a perfect solution but it's it's been pretty fun in some spots um we'll see how the u.s does we'll we'll continue to follow mike trout We'll, we'll we will be very much on top of that within this space Let's get to our starting five draft presented by FedThrill. You get 20% off your sunglasses from FedThrill using the promo code EXIT52. Um, continues to be very cold. It was very cold and windy today. Um, sunglasses just used to block the wind outside. It was brutal. Um, mm-hmm. But eventually, you'll have sunglasses on in warm, sunny weather. And get some right now. You're going to need them before you know it. NCAA tournament we talked about at the beginning of the show. Mascots. Um, is what we are going to draft here from the tournament field. So from the 68 teams that have qualified for the NCAA tournament, um, I am going to randomize the um, the order here since that is now what we are doing. So I should have had that open. So I will talk a little bit to Phil as Mississippi State and Pitt play in the first four, 14, 13, um, 14, 13, Mississippi State. Um, I thought Pitt was not going to be good this year. They almost won the ACC. So, shout yeah, out to the them. ACC. Is um, very good. That's yeah. The ACC like Clemson won a bunch of ACC games and was like the fourth team out. So, kind of sad what's going on. Maybe it's not sad what's going on in the ACC. So let me type some names in here. We've got Banks. We've got RDT. We've got Taylor. And we're generating a draft order. I have the first pick. I am a Mason. Collusion. Uh, mm, Collusion. Uh, Banks, you are the third pick. Or, the sorry, the second pick. And RDT, you are the third pick. Um, uh, RDT. Perfect. Starting five draft presented by Fed Thrill. Um, mascots. Weird first pick spot to be in here. Um, uh, where do I want to go? Where do I want to kind of set the tone here? Um, I'm going to go for the uh, UC Santa Barbara Gauchos with my first pick. 
the Gauchos. Always thought the Gauchos was a funny name. Um, and it stands for a cowboy of South American Pampas. Argentinian Gauchos is the use it in the sentence. So I'm taking the Gauchos. Good baseball school. Shout out to the Gauchos. Shout out to the Gauchos. I like the pick. Yeah, it was high on my list. Um, I've seen some rankings that people put out there. USA Today's got one. Um, they've got that one way down the list. And I was like, that is just so inappropriate. Like, can you just appreciate some ingenuity one time? Yeah, that's horrible. So. That's, that's low. That's horrible. Um, Banks. Hmm. <laughs> I'll take the Lopes. I, I just love a good mascot name that's just short to the point. It's just an abbreviated version of another word. Uh, the Grand Canyon <laughs> Lopes. It's just short for antelope. Antelope, kind of, kind of a beta animal in the wild. I'll admit <laughs> that. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're just kind of there. Their background noise or or their dinner. Um, or not even that. I mean, they're kind of just a snack, but, um, I just like the way it rolls off the tongue, the lopes. Um, and based on some pictures I'm seeing here, they've got a mascot that can kind of do the whole Rocky thing from Denver, you know, do some trampoline dunks and some acrobatics and shit. That holds a lot of value in my book. I think that's a fair, that's a fair reason to, to take a team in this, in this draft. That's, that's a pick. I like that. Already two. You got two. Um, I will take. I was worried this one is going to go. Texas A&M Corpus Christi. Izzy the Isler. If you haven't seen this guy, go look him up. He is awesome. He is great. It's a fantastic mascot. Um, I learned reading one of the lists that I think Banks was talking about that I think Corpus Christi is the only campus on an island. Hence the name Izzy the Islander. He's an awesome looking mascot. Um. I actually got sent a picture of him the other day, and then I saw Jake Mark tweeted out a picture saying many people are saying that this mascot looks like me, and it made me laugh because it kind of does. Um, so, again, Google Izzy the Islander, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi. Fantastic mascot. I was really hoping he fell to me at three. Um, and then with my, my next wraparound pick, Testudo. I mean. Yep. That's yeah. Classic. Yeah, I, I felt like I was going to be too much of a homer to pick Testudo, so I didn't even have him on my board. I wanted to start to stretch myself a little bit. I see Testudo wow. all the time. Yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. Thank, thank you for your service, and uh, thank you for letting me pick him. Yeah. No, Testudo is the best. I love Testudo. It's the He's the – he. well, the Diamondback isn't sure the gender. I don't want to dive into that. Testudo is the <laughs> is the um, is such a lovable <laughs> mascot. The best. Love that turtle so, so much. Love, love so, so much. Banks. I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take the Friars. I'm going to take Providence. Uh, oh I think my their mascot God. Gives people the heebie jeebies. It's horrible. Gigantic pussies about it. There I'll say oh, it. I said I'm, it. I said it. it. It stinks. That mascot stinks. No, it does not. No, you just have no appreciation for uh, the brotherhood. Oh, no. oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, get, I mean, I like Providence basketball at Cooley. Ed Cooley is good vibes. Um, I want to actually be on campus up there this summer for a wedding. So I'm excited for that. Some uh, some Ed Cooley rumors to Georgetown right now. I was going to say he may not be there soon. Very, very, very interesting. I'm sure they'll hire Roy Hibbert or something. 
Uh, the Providence Friar. I'm trying to find the name of the Friar. I can't find it. Uh, where is it? Where I is just it? didn't bother to do my research on that. Don't That's care. Fine. Isn't That's fine. isn't the isn't not the creepiest ma- to me though? Not the creepiest mascot in the field. There's another one that is creepier. In my I opinion. know which one you're talking about. Isn't isn't the Providence guy kind of like the uh, the Padres? Um, mascot there's a little some bit. Similarities too. there. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. A with that brown and road. also, the uh, St. Francis Red Flash have a uh, have a brother type, friar type mascot of their own. So, I've got two picks here. I'm going to start with uh, UConn. I'm going to take Jonathan the Husky. Um, not only do you get the oh, actual, um, you know, furry husky, but you get the like real dog. That dog is freaking cute. I love huskies. Grew up loving huskies um, as a dog. Um, so I want to get Jonathan on my squad, um, and the Huskies love me some Huskies and I have some, some loyalties. Shout out to Marty, shout out to Toos, shout out to Anna, all my Husky people. So take the Huskies. Um, and then with my next pick, I, you know, especially after the college football stuff, I'm taking the horn frog. <laughs> you got to get them. I mean, <sighs> what a mascot, what a freaking mascot The you know, all the stuff they did with it this year. So I'm taking the Horn Frog. Just ridiculous. Very unique to TCU. I, I equate like the Horn Frog is like how we have Testudo. It's just like very, very unique mascot situations. So it's actually a lizard too in real life. Mm. Controversial. True. They can shoot. True. They shoot blood from their eyes. Um, Banks. I'm taking Bevo. I'm taking the Horns. Okay. We're just staying right there in Texas, Hogan. Uh, big time, Big Twelve championship here last week. Yeah, they might yeah. be. They could win the whole thing. Wow, they could. Yeah. They're very good. I've got them in my final. They're coming on. They're very good. They're really coming on. They're a hot preseason pick, so wouldn't shock that him. they were. That they were fired their coach midseason. <laughs> here they are. Yeah. He's now been hired by Ole Miss. Ole Miss does not say care. He's already back. They do not care. Um, RDT, you have two. DJ Durkin still at Ole Miss? No, no. No, he's at Texas A&M with your boy Jimbo Fisher. Um, I will go. Let's go to Furman Paladins. Paladins? Paladins? Saw that on a lot of lists. Yeah, it's a great mascot. It's a cool-looking like. Well, first off, the logo itself is really cool. It's, it's the purple knight. Um, it's an interesting one, but their mascot is awesome looking too. So I am going to uh, take my Furman brothers, Paladins. Um, and next, I will go the Utah State Aggies. I had never oh, seen the Aggies. Knight. He is awesome. He's a big blue bull with like one of those nose piercings that the bulls have. It is an awesome looking mascot. I, I'm a big. Big Aggies fan now, just because of that. Great looking mascot. Again, go look him up if you haven't seen him already. I take you, know, you have friends who have gone to work for that uh, that program. There we are. Aggies. There we are. And hey, Aggies. if they want to send some, if they want to send some merch over with the mascot, I would, you know, I would gladly wrap it. I'm just saying. Care packages from any schools. Send them over. You're 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 willing to be bought. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, the Aggies. Light the A blue, baby. Missouri's going down. Missouri is going down in the first round to the Aggies. Steven Ashworth, Taylor Taylor Funk, Trevin Dorius, 
Daniel Aiken, Sean Barstow, Max Schulg. I can go on and on and on, baby. Go Ags. Um, Banks. Hmm. I'm going to take the Raging Cajuns. Apparently, they don't have an actual mascot, but just the name alone. And I think their people just embody that entire vibe in such a way where their entire fan base, I'm sure, is is a mascot in itself. But Raging Cajun <laughs> is just a phenomenal name. I love it so much, and I got to have it here. It's a good one. I think I've said this before. I've been to Louisiana or, La, or Louisiana, formerly Louisiana Lafayette. I think they just call it Louisiana now. Um, those people are so freaking nice. So freaking nice. Like after every baseball game we played against them, they just gave us food. They just made us all this like unbelievable like Cajun food. And you just ate at the stadium after the game, like from all these like parents that made you the food or locals. It was crazy. They're like bringing us food in the radio booth and stuff. Um, wild experience. Very much enjoyed it. It's a good pick, Banks. It's, I like that pick. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I am going to take – uh, I'm going to take Miami. Um, the Hurricanes are cool mascot. And Sebastian, I like Sebastian. Um, so I'm going to get that. I think it's a nice mascot um, name and uh, actual, like, physical mascot combination. So I'm going to I'm gonna get them on my squad. Does he get Danny Boy Kane, too? It's all about the U. I'll take Danny Boy Kane. Unofficial mascot. Him and uh, Nevin Shapiro. I'll I'll bring him. I don't know if we want Nevin. (laughs) I think they're kind of a package deal. I think him and Steve got a package deal. Got to take them both. Got to take them both. Yeah, I think so. I mean, (laughs) can't have one without the other. I don't know which of these I like more of the two that are named the same thing. I'm taking. I'll take one of them though. I'm taking FAU. I need to get an owl on my team. I think it's. I think a, an owl walking around looks absolutely ridiculous, and I need one of them. And I think the Florida Atlantic one's a little more welcoming than Kennesaw State's, which is nicknamed Scrappy. You you can take. I only have one Scrappy, and Scrappy do. You can take a hike, Scrappy the mascot. I'll, I'll go and I'll go with. Um, I'll go with Owlsy. Owlsy. It's Owlsy. Owlsy. Owsley. I'm taking Owsley. Get on this team, baby. Thanks. Kennesaw State's um, crappy. Get the hell out of here, Kennesaw. I'm just I'm gonna take this pick just because this USA Today list is so far off base on putting the Vermont Catamounts 54th on this list. That's the, I have this list open too. It's the whole Catamounts. Catamounts is I mean, it's it's basically a mountain lion. It's a smaller version of one. I've seen them up in Vermont, actually. Uh, pretty wicked little cats, but uh, it's a sweet-sounding name. It just bounces off the tongue. It's fun to say, catamount. Catamount, mm-hmm. catamount, catamount. Like, how do you put that behind uh, the Houston Cougars? What are we doing, USA Today? Penn State's still- way too high. How is USA Today yeah. still business? Can I tell you what's also too high? Oh, go, actually, do your last pick, RDT, then I want to make a comment. <laughs> My last pick, I will I will take the Kent State Golden Flash. I knew you were going like to do it. <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that. 
just because of the USA Today article that says this reminds me of Dan Flash's. Yep. That's why I'm, that's why I'm taking it. All right, let me roll through this quickly. I have that's a bad, that's a bad UC, movie, by the way. UC Santa Barbara oh, Gauchos, um, the Huskies of UConn, Jonathan the Husky, the Horn Frog, uh, Hurricanes and Ibis, Alzi. And um, Banks has the Lopes of Grand Canyon, uh, the Friars of Providence. Uh, he's got Bevo from uh, Tejas, uh, the Raging Cajuns, and the Catamounts. And RDT has Testudo, my beloved Testudo, our beloved Testudo on the show. The um, is the Islander took before that. Uh, Furman Paladins, the Utah State Aggies. Go Ags. Aggies all the way. And the Kent State Golden Flashes. Uh, Purdue Pete should be last in this list. Purdue Pete. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, you know, know some very nice people at Purdue. This is not a shot at Purdue. I like Purdue. Um, great atmosphere at Mackey Arena. A lot of nice people. That mascot is so scary. Seen it in person. It's creepy. Uh, Purdue Pete. I'm shocked that thing doesn't scare children at in West Lafayette. How tall is the mascot in real life? How big it's pretty it? tall. It's pretty tall. It's like is it like is it Edie tall? Is it like no 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 no? I no. It's probably like it's probably like a nice size shooting guard if I remember correctly, like a six three type of like Juan Dixon. Maybe a little talking Steve Blake. Yeah, sure. Um, this USA Today list also has also has a. Northern Kentucky Norse probably should take it. That's a hell of a mascot. But yeah, I had to get that in about Purdue. Nittany Lion is also way too high on this, and I know I don't like Penn State. Mascot but sucks. Yeah. It's not sucks. a good mascot. Nick the costume gets- stinks. Stinks. Yeah, it absolutely stinks. Yeah. So, any honorable mentions from you guys? The real I don't really have a lot. I had like Arizona State, the Baylor Bear, Pitt Panther. I kind of like Alabama's. Uh, Big Al. I like He's Arkansas good. over that. I'll raise your back. It's kind of decent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds bad. I just throw a Z in anything. It sounds cooler. It, it, I'll be honest. I played on it. I played on like a team when I was like seven or eight. And we were the Razorbacks. And I like the coolest thing in the world. It's like Very Nevada cool. State Wolf uh, Space Pack. And yeah. Not NC State Wolf Pack. So there's that. Golden Eagles. Could- yeah, Marquette. Marquette's coming on end of the year. Yeah. A lot of Tigers. The te- Texas Five Southern Tigers, Tigers, the Memphis Tigers, the Missouri Tigers, mm-hmm. the Princeton Tigers, and the Auburn Tigers. A lot of Tigers. A lot of Wildcats. The, Northwestern, the, Kentucky, but, Arizona, Kansas State. Can Can you guys power rank this for me? Sure. Uh, Bills, Buffaloes, Bison. Are they substantially the same animal? A Bison is, Am is I power basically ranking the three? American Buffalo. A power rank the three of those. Bison because they're from America. Like I would have bison first even if I didn't know they're from America. It's just a more intimidating name. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Say the three Buffalo Bills. Bills, Buffalo Bison. It's bison buffalo bills, in my opinion. Yeah, I think so too. Is a bill even an animal? I don't know. Is that actually a thing, or is that just the Buffalo Bills are named after something else and they just use that as their mascot because it's named in the city? I don't know. Is I think that bison, bison, bison sounds like like uh, like a meal, like like something that you you pop in uh, Oregon Trail. Like it's it's you do. not really it's not intimidating. Like I think buffalo, you get stampede comes to the mind. It's a little more intimidating. I can see that, but 
Bison, bison are badass. Country was basically founded on bison. Nearly hunted them to death, to inst instinction. And those are the type of discussions you get through the starting five draft. Only brought to you by Fedthrill. Shout out to the bison. Um, the Howard Bison, the only other, I guess maybe if you consider VCU in the DMV. Howard in the tournament, which is cool. No Baltimore team. Sad. Love when a Baltimore team. Sad for Towson. Sad for Towson. This was the year. This was the team. And College of Charleston came out of nowhere and won like 100 games in that conference. UMBC didn't okay. make it? No. No UMBC. Uh, that's tough. Yeah, no Shout UMBC. out to Marty. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Juan Dixon. <laughs> Sayonara from Coppin State today. So. Yeah. Yeah. Not much more. To, not much more to say about that. Let's get to the Nick Cannon medley, Maryland person of the week. RDT got it up and ready. I I'm gonna butcher this guy's name. Okay. Do I don't know if it's Dukey, Do you Q U E, Hebert? The he's the pitcher from Nicaragua who was 21 oh, that was years very old. Cool. Struck out cool. Juan Soto. Gave up a double to Machado, struck out Julio Rodriguez, and then struck out Rafael Dever after the game. The Tigers signed him into a minor league deal. I think that's just a really, really cool story, and like that's part of the cool thing about the the World Baseball Classic is these scouts, who again may not have had an opportunity to look at some of these guys, but, but you know, again, being on stage, the guys taking advantage of of you know their opportunities, and even like there was a kid tonight, a 19 year old who started for Israel who I think he struck out Soto and someone else. And, like, he threw a pitch to Soto, and Soto looked back at him like, oh, shit, like, that's got something. So, I don't know. Th those those kind of stories are always cool. And, again, hopefully this kid can make, again, some life-changing money or something like that. But just what an awesome, oppor awesome opportunity for this kid, again, who's kind of capitalizing on, you know, playing on this big stage. So, I, th I just thought it was a really neat story. Great, very good story. It's awesome. Thanks. I feel like this often becomes my opportunity to do a little golf talk. So I'm going to talk about the players championship a little bit. Scotty Scheffler. What a stud. I mean, the guy keeps winning everything and he doesn't just win tournaments. He wins the big ones. You go look back at the six tournaments he's won over the past year and it's Scottsdale, Bay Hill, the match play, the masters, Scottsdale again, and the players championship. There's hardly bigger tournaments on planet earth than those those five tournaments that he's won now total of six times. And he just, I mean, it really started at the Ryder cup uh, before that run where he took down John Rahm on Sunday, which Rahm was rolling through everybody. He was the big, bad boogeyman in that tournament. The only reason why they even had a prayer to pull off some sort of miracle going into Sunday and Scheffler went out early and just rolled. Him. So Scotty Scheffler takes over world number one yet again, um, him and Rom just keep flip-flopping back and forth with Roy kind of mixed in. I think those two have started to separate themselves from Roy just a smidge, which means Rory will probably go ahead and win the match play next week and turn everything upside down again. But um, we truly have a big three here in golf. Uh, they, those three are well ahead of everybody else, and um, it's going to be a really exciting Masters because I think each of them has their own unique kind of storyline built into Augusto with Scotty being the defending champion and Rory having that be the tournament that he's just can't get to. It's just so elusive. And you've got the, you know, the ghosts of 2011 that's that haunt Rory there every year. And then John Rahm, you know, he's been sniffing around it a couple times, 
Um, and they've got the the Spanish history with Seve and Sergio having won Masters in the past. And that's kind of like the big you've made it moment for Spanish golfers is to join those two in that, you know, and with a green jacket. So I'm excited for the Masters. It's a month away. Um, we've still got some big tournaments. Like I said, the match play next week out in front of us. So golf is in such a good place right now. Couldn't agree more. And not only did he win Scottsdale this year, I mean, Scottsdale was an elevated field this year. So even in better, even a yeah. better win than it was last year. Um, sure. And he was right he there really, at Bay and Hill he, this time too. He could have won Bay Hill. He was right there at yeah. Bay Hill. Easily could have won. Easily could have won. Crazy. No, he's, he's amazing. Amazing. And he's kind of relatable in the way he shuffles his feet. You're like, ah, oh, that's something I could see my self doing. And you're like, ah. Oh. Yeah, and he, he kind of looks like, even though it's pretty consistent, still, if you just kind of tune in in a vacuum and you watch him hit golf shots, he kind of looks like your your weekend uh, whacker, uh, uh, weekend hacker. I'm, my brain is mush right now. Um, that just, like, hits a few balls in the range and finds one feel and then just goes and rocks it on the course. Like, the foot slide and everything, it's like, ooh, I found a little – a feel that I'm just going to chase and use this for the rest of the time, except he's been using it all the way to world number one. Like he takes some swings that aesthetically look bizarre, but he stripes it. So it's very cool. It's just kind of like an everyman feel. And he's, he's kind of got that like Jordan Spieth type aura from a few years ago where it's like, Oh, this guy's just really humble and is not flashy. He just goes home and enjoys a quiet night with his wife. And he's got his grandmother rolling around, his grandmother on, with a walker walked all 72 holes with him this week. It's incredible. So Ty, I'd like Tiger to see her give it a go. Anymore. <laughs> I'd like to see her give it a go at Augusta, though. Sawgrass, pretty damn flat. Let's see grandma walk down 10 at Augusta. See how that goes. Walk up – yeah, or walk through the valleys of one and then walk straight up or down two, which is a very – town two is a tough walk. Um, have you been to Augusta? Maybe. <laughs> the no um, over my shoulder says so. The no over my shoulder says <laughs> confirms suspicions. Uh, speaking of Augusta, I'm going to use this opportunity to talk about the stretch of s- sports we have going up. I think this is one of the more underrated ones you get. And I know one of these things is a little bit more near and dear to me personally than it is to you two guys. So it enhances it a little bit more for me. But you have the first weekend of the NCAA tournament this weekend. Sensational. You have the Sweet 16 regional weekend. Then you have the Final Four. The weekend of the Final Four is also the two-night WrestleMania weekend, which for me is a huge weekend of the year. And then the following weekend, you have the Masters. It's a great stretch, especially if you just want to watch CBS for a month because they have all those events except for WrestleMania. So the Jim Nance Nance Marathon. It's the Jim Nance Marathon, and this is the end for Jim Nance. For on um on college basketball, so um mm-hmm. a secondary to that is the college basketball song is just absolutely back. I know CBS plays it all year, Ooh. but Gus Johnson soundboard uh, season. Yes, also that, but Yardy T hates Gus Johnson, so um, and then you get the Masters theme. So very good couple weeks of of sports television audio coming up. Ah! Batista with a catch. We do this every year. <laughs> Very excited old. for that. Any honorable mentions? Gus Johnson. Bring him back, man. God damn it. 
Went to Fox. He's doing the big noon. I know. I know. Doing the big noon. By the way, during the selection show at one point, they played the college football music on CBS with the Big Ten logos, and I felt some things. That is going to be awesome. Getting the I mean, so that, they're going to rock that? For the they're going to rock that for the Big Ten, which is tremendous news. I'm like, that makes me uncomfortable, though. I cannot wait for sure, it. To, for we'll that. get used to it, though. I will I get, I'll wait. get used to it. I know I will, and I love the song. It's iconic. It's one of the, one of the goats. Have we done that draft, by the way? Sports songs, I believe. I think that would be hard. That would be hard. I think we did do it. I don't think. I think it could be easier oh, than you think. Sport, yeah, but no, we're, it's we're, we would have to explain the songs and play them with our mouth. I think we did it. I think we did that draft. Did we? I thought we did. We have them all archived, so we can go back and look. Got a lot of drafts. It doesn't sound familiar, but your um, boy Eckler is seeking a trade. By the way, wow, really? Um, uh, another honorable mention, by the way. Unless did you put a pin in? What you had no, there? Did head, you, head, head you further. A, head further. Put a bow on it, rather. Um, yes. <laughs> honorable mention, just me for me looking through Twitter. Uh, the kids' animation of the Caps game tonight looks hilarious. Just like the clips and stuff mm-hmm. that the cats are putting on social media, I, I'm here for that type of stuff. I will. I kind of want to go watch what, more of it. What was the like? Why tonight though? I was very confused. Like I didn't know anything about it, and then I just saw it, and they're like, I thought like the like, big Clem, green Clem, city I classic Clem or something. It. I thought Clem Clem tweeted it, and I thought he was like playing a video game, and then I saw it again, and I was like, oh no, this is real. Like some, this, this is the is game. The, this game but in video game form yeah i thought he was joking around like the 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 players getting together after they score and but the the cartoon guys are just kind of skating in place but not moving that like exploding after a goal was funny yeah yeah good stuff big nickelodeon playoff game vibes yeah i love it i'm here for it do you have it that are alive banks uh yes i do i have to either remember it or i have to get to it here Uh, let me stall let me stall let me stall dead or alive dead or alive uh james Earl jones alive alive he is alive at age 92 that's gonna be a sound when he goes that's gonna be a big day on twitter because it's gonna be a lot of like Oh, the Sandlot, Mufasa, Star Wars, like, you know, yeah. he's in he's in a lot of stuff. Eight, what is it, AT&T that's, commercials too? And that's just kind of like AT&T? our generation stuff. Well, I guess the Star Wars mm-hmm. further back, but yeah. He did yeah, a lot of commercials too. I guess it was AT&T. It could have been like Bell Atlantic. It like it could have yeah, been that, like I those Bell predecessors, Atlantic, predecessors I, of I, those companies. Yeah, I thought I was aging myself a little with Bell Atlantic. It could could have been. I don't know. Good old I feel JJ. like it was. I think it was Bell Atlantic. And then it like probably transformed. Transformed. It probably turned into AT&T and they kept him on and <laughs> let him run it from there. There you have it. James Earl Jones. One of the great voices. Alive. One of the great voices. Indeed alive. Um, that's the show. 
what a wonderful, what a wonderful time with you guys. Nice hour and 16 minutes here. Um, you can um, make sure to listen. Um, I'm sure Jake and Spenny will be back in the uh, the lab at some point this week. So make sure to check out their work. Um, some good stuff up on the website as well. Um, so go to go to the 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 yeah, go to the website. I can't talk. A lot of podcasting for me this week. This is my third podcast of the week. Two here, the Turtles and X Fifty Two. I'm starting to run out of words to say. Um, <laughs> you can follow all of our uh, social media here uh, at edid. I can't talk. Editti twenty two. Follow Banks at Barcelona Banks. Follow me at Terrace by Ten. Follow the podcast X Fifty Two podcast. Uh, Thread Little Midnight. Jimmy Seafood. Uh, Fed Thrill, all the different sponsors and more on some of that stuff to come. Um, been fun here for the first few weeks of this, uh, the new era of Exit 52. Um, it will only continue to get better. Um, shoot, why not? Go listen to those exit. Go listen to this here, the Turtle Podcast. Huge March Madness preview, all Maryland centric on the men's and women's side, Chris Naki and Andrea Carter. Um, and then if you're a wrestling fan for some reason um, that listens to this show too, which it would be good, I love me some college wrestling, you listen to Cal Miller on here, the Turtle. NCAA wrestling championships this weekend. Matt March Madness, one of my favorite tournaments. Um, very fun. So there you have it. Uh, we'll see you next time with the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy's Seafood.